And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John well, you can see the punk has got his little skull cap on. He's trying to act like a fighter, but he's retired there. He ain't coming back. But God dang, it's almost the end of January, the last day. It is the 31st February. It was close to being here, and we got all kinds of things to talk about. There's all kinds of fight talk. There's all kinds of good things going on, and there's all kinds of people complaining, complaining about UFC 300. Who the hell complains about a fight card like that? I don't get it, Josh. People are weird. People that are um, privileged. Privileged. <laughs> Got it. Privileged. Okay. Yeah. That's what they do. The, the they ones that want, I want more. Yeah. That's all they want. They just want more and more and more. They just want to keep getting handouts. They expect things like nonstop. But look, there's a lot to talk about already. <laughs> there's, John, there's so much to talk about. A little what, bit. What's, what's on your mind? You look like you, no. just, you just get a tear came to your eye. Right. Gee, when well, I said that. I'm just lucky to be home. How's that? Let's, uh, let's go with that. Uh, uh, it's been, it's been, uh, we had no fights last week. No. You know, and so we, uh, we did a Q&A last week. And, you know, there's been a lot to talk about. There's a, there's the fight game. There's a fight that's coming up this weekend. The UFC. What is it? It's not 235, is it? It's Vegas called something. No. Vegas 85? Mm-hmm. All right, we call it Vegas 85. The Apex. The Apex. The Apex. Vegas 85. So, so you see, it shouldn't be Vegas. It should be Apex 85 because that's what it is. Right. But like, I like, as always, right before I start this conversation, I will say, hey, smash that button. Make sure you guys subscribe to us on our YouTube channels and our Clips channel. We like to release extra content. And that's what we've been doing lately. We've taken the news and we're creating basically some, some more format for you guys, some more content for you guys. And we break it down a little bit more in depth on these. So don't think that all the news is going to be on our main channel on our main show. That is not what we're doing anymore. We're not clustering it all together now. Uh, because what happens is John and I kind of we talk about the fight card, then we start getting the news and sometimes we cut it short when we know it could go longer. So we're really taking time to make sure that we give a full breakdown of whatever the news is, whether it's about how people are complaining about UFC 300, which is going to be one of those clips. It's or, you know, it's some of how the media is responding to the Sean Strickland stuff and some of the comments that I made that have been brought back to life that people are talking about. So I'd like to try to get into some of that. That will be another clip, plus some fight announcements and some other stuff that's going to be dropping this week. So uh, make sure you guys hit that little bell, hit the little thumbs up for liking our content if you guys do. And if you don't, well, then, you know, hey, tough. We're going to keep doing it, keep loving what we're doing. Uh, hopefully, you guys continue to subscribe to us. We wouldn't be doing this, guys, if it wasn't for you guys. We enjoy you, you, you guys. You shouldn't say that, though. You shouldn't say tough. Tough. If you don't like it, go to hell. All right, oh, wow. let's go. Wow. <laughs> wow. I try to be a little, like, see, everyone thinks that I'm the mean one, that I'm the, no, 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 no. Like, you know, it's the old man status. It's the old guy. It's the old guy. Yeah. All guys are crotchety. But make sure you guys subscribe. Uh, John, do you want to get right into the fight card? Or Dave, is there anything you wanted to start with? Or what's going on? No, let's start with the, we'll start with the UFC fight card. Okay. Um, yep. John, go ahead. Take it away, buddy. That's all Dave has to say. I was, I was yeah. trying to give Dave a platform there. No, let's not. To really, you know what, <laughs> show some substance. Show some style. Really put it out there like, hey, man, you know what? 
I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to build this up. Have you not I'm seen the, Dave and the I'm way he dresses? There's no style involved with the way Dave dresses. Like, you know, plain Jane. I, I own it. Uh, plain Jane is correct. Jane is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Tuck it between my legs and just. Oh, oh, oh. T- All right, too now much, we bro. know. Too much. Dave is a tucker. T- you give yes. me the platform, and I'll yeah, fuck up. He's a tucker, man. <laughs> you give me the platform. And I'll fuck see, up. I'm glad I did. Look at what we've now learned. What are we doing? <laughs> this is very important information. What are we doing? See, this is why we don't let Dave talk. This is right. why, <laughs> for the longest time. Dude, podcast. Tucker Dave. Tucker <laughs> podcast. Tucker <laughs> Dave. Good old nip and tuck Dave. Oh. Oh my God. All right. Let's go ahead and go and start off with the main event. Let's go right away. All right. We do have, we got the UFC Fight Night 85 from the Apex, basically, is the way to call it. We got Roman. Delize going up against Nazardin Amavov. I mean, this is a great matchup when you look at it. Amavov, you know, comes, he's from, you know, I want to say he's front Russian, but he's from France. And yeah, he's out of uh, Fernandez's um, gym in Paris. He's, he's just good. He's smooth, but we have seen people get to him and when he gets a little frustrated he doesn't fight the same way and it's the one thing that i think delize can do he can frustrate him in this fight he's got very good wrestling it matches up with nazardine's nazardine has got good wrestling he's outstanding he's got good stand-up delize is a little bit more of the grimy fighter though you're looking at Amovov is the more technical clean just Blowing fighter, but Delize is a dog. I like Roman Delize. This is a really interesting matchup. John, I'm taking Delize. I'm high on Delize, just how <laughs> I was um, uh, with with Tom Aspinall. I believe that he may one day be champion if he can fight a little bit smarter with his fight IQ. Kind of a little bit. Learn to rein it in sometimes. Look, let it explode. Let your learn when to relax. Yes, too. that's the other thing. But. <clears throat> When I look at the two of these guys, you talk, we talk about relaxation. Relaxation is something. Relaxation is something that will make you fight better throughout the fight. It'll it'll make sure that your cardio stays intact. Imovov is somebody who, as the fight goes on, he slows down a lot. He yes, slows he down is. drastically. He is someone that as that he puts and out this is five rounds. This is five rounds. He puts out a lot of effort he puts on a lot of energy in the first two rounds and is actually halfway through the second round he starts to really slow down he's a very talented fighter he's very good the strength factor i think is going to go to, to the lead say the power factor will probably go to the lead say the grappling i think will probably go to Imovov. both fighters will be good on the feet it the lead say i think is going to have a little bit more of the he just has that body that kind of has the that it's really. It looks like it gets. It hurts to be touched by him every single time. Whether it's wrestling, whether it's being punched, he just has that body style that people when they grab him, they're like, "Ugh, this feels." It almost. Worse. It almost looks like it hurts to hit him because man, he just takes shots and it's like, yep. man, nothing. And that psychologically, that can be devastating. You have to be prepared to just say, "Just keep on touching. Just keep on touching." Well, the next one's going to hurt too. Do you know what really uh, surprised me though was the lead says the underdog. Yeah. That's because, you know, I'm off as the guy, if you're looking at him and saying technically, yes, the way 
the way he does things, his technique, man, he's smooth. He's good. Fernand has done a fat, phenomenal job mm-hmm. of coaching him. He is, he's got everything that you need. He really does. Yeah. You're looking at a guy to say, Hey, is this a guy that could be champion? He could, yep. he's got everything he needs. It's can he put it all together at the time that he needs to against that quality opponent? And he's facing that quality opponent in Delize, no doubt about it. This is it. I always look at you know, I always look and say, well, you know, one guy's more the brawler. It's not that Delize doesn't have skills. Mm-hmm. He's got great wrestling. He's got heavy hands, but he's not as smooth in the way that he applies his craft mm-hmm. as I'm about. Yeah, it's, he's just not. Dave, can you click on Imovov? <clears throat> Scroll down. When I look at who he's fought, so he fought uh, no contest. Chris Curtis lost to Sean Strickland. No, no shame in that. Uh, Wakamba uh, beat Buckley. Beat, beat Buckley, Shabazian. Shabazian. Uh, Ian Heinrich. Ian Heinrich. Uh, look, I've lost to Phil Hawes. That's a see. You look and you go. That's what we were talking about. Phil Hawes, though. Yeah. He's got talent. Oh yeah. It's just that. You know, if he gets touched, it's anymore. It's yeah. not good. But man, he he can fight. Go back to uh, Delice, please. And when I look at Delice, his loss was to Marvin Vittori and Trevin Giles. Mm-hmm. He's beaten Jack Hermanson. He's beaten Phil Hawes. He's beaten yep. Kyle Dacus. He's beaten uh, Staropoli. Look, I'm I'm. That's what shocked me. Is he had a loss to Marvin Vittori. But right before that, he beat Jack Hermanson. Nowhere in there was Imovov's opponents at the level of which Delizze's are. No, I, I would tell you right off the bat, I do think that other than Sean Strickland, yeah, most of Delizze's opponents, you could even go back to before he when he was in the UFC, he fought a guy named Pasternak, Mikhail Pasternak, mm-hmm. who is a tough fighter. You know, and he, he, I think he knocked him out in it. But, you know, that was before he was ever even in the You're US. talking about Imoff? Yeah. Okay. No, no, I'm talking about uh, Delize. Delize fought uh, uh, Pasternak. Okay, but you said Sean Strickland in his record. No, I'm saying other than the fact that Imoff fought Sean Strickland. Okay. Delize has fought a higher quality yeah. of opponents, I believe, so far, just throughout his career. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some of them are the same, like, like Haas. You know, it's... But one came away with a win, and one came away with a loss. So, but when I look at <clears throat> MMA math, Imovov, yeah, it never adds up. Yeah. But Imovov, though, and Phil Hawes is someone that he just he just has a way of sometimes doing great and then petering out, yeah. like we've seen. But yeah. Imovov, when he fought Sean Strickland, what what did he succumb to? The pressure. Yeah. It was the pressure. I mean, he had a great first round, second round, just you know. Where's Delete say workout? And does he? Oh, he. That's yeah. right. He's with. Uh, oh, yes, he does. He's with um, uh, Eric Nixon. Yep. It's he works out at Extreme Couture. Who's one of his sparring partners? Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland. So, but which is another reason that surprised me that he is somebody that he's an underdog. I think if you take the lead, saying he puts that pressure, and he has a little bit of that herky jerky style, and it looks like every time you hit him or kick him, it hurts you. I don't. I don't see how he loses this fight outside of a mistake, a big mistake. Uh, I think he gets this win. I, I mean, you, it, it's natural and normal when you see guys that have a uh, a smoother style compared to a guy that's a little bit more, you know, you want to say herky jerky or whatever you want to say. Remember Keith Keith Jardine, 
You know, he fought everyone. You know, he was an underdog to everyone, mm-hmm. and it was because everyone looked at him and said, "Yeah, he's tough, but man, he's you know, he's awkward, and he just does things weird." And oddsmakers looked at him and said, "Yeah, he's going to lose. He's going to." Yeah. And he always won. Yeah, yeah. So it's that's I I always look at odds, and if it's close, okay, this is a close one. Mm-hmm. It is, but close. I, I would say that it's because that I'm a off is the smoother fighter he's the flashier fighter mm-hmm. and so i think that's why they have him uh, as the uh favorite in it but it's not by much well if that fight doesn't produce i think the fight before this oh, will yeah. definitely produce <laughs> i don't see this fight being a bad fight no so you've got moicano versus drew dober i love this fight i think this is gonna be a fantastic fight I love that Moicano is up at lightweight. Did you know a lot of his fights at featherweight? Yeah. I think he was just cutting too much. It was having an effect on him. He was, he was slowing down at times. Watch him, you know, as the lightweight, he's, man, he's, his, his standup is clean. Mm-hmm. It's sharp. You know, he throws beautiful techniques. He's got a great ground game. You know, if he was going to have one area that you're going to say, okay, his, his biggest weakness is his, you know, pure wrestling, you know, but, he does have a good ground game where he can go to his back, but he doesn't want to stay there, especially with someone that's going to not really go after submissions with him, but try to punch a hole in his head like Drew yeah. Dober will. And so he cannot be on his back in this fight. He can't stay there. If he get, if he does get, you know, put on his back by Dober and, and Drew will do that at times just so he can ground and pound you. He's got to be looking for those moments to get back to his feet. He cannot stay there long because uh, there's just a, strength factor dover's got very uh strong hips he's got strong legs he has got power and you can only take so many shots from him but i think that this is a phenomenal matchup and it's really going to come down to the stand-up it it really will and that what does dover do to take away some of the angles that moicano likes to create he comes straight up the middle a lot with his muay thai but then he'll take, he has a beautiful step out where he'll step with his back foot, turn that angle, and then attack, usually with a kick and punches. Dober's got to be ready for it. He's got to be looking at you know, for it because if he if he allows that to happen multiple times in the fight, it's going to start to get away from him because he's going to start to get broken down by Moicano. But this is an awesome fight. Yeah, I, I think the height of Moicano is going to give him a little bit of a problem, whether that push kick up the middle, the knees inside that clinch a little bit may give him a problem. Moicano's not too concerned about being taken down and put on his back. But where Moicano's got to be careful is if I was to take one thing away from Moicano that I'd say, hey, he's got to be very careful in this fight. It's Drew Dober's ability to drop him or hurt him or knock him out. Because Drew Dober has got some power in his hands, as we saw with Bobby Green. But on top of that, Moicano's chin has been tested multiple times. You know, and so he's got to be cautious. If he does end up, if Moicano does end up on his back, not to be settling there. He's got to be attacking the yeah. submissions or getting himself back up. He can't go chasing submissions that leave his his body or his chin in the, in the place to be ground and pounded out. He's got to make yeah. sure that he's got, his defense available in those situations from his back position. I think that Moicano is somebody too on the feet. He doesn't get enough credit for his standup because it seems like against a lot of the top level guys, he's been, he's been put to sleep or he's been in a lot of trouble, but his standup is not, it's nothing to, to it's nothing no, it's to take nothing for to, granted. Nothing to put down, man. He's got it's power. Good. He's got power. He's long. He knows how to use it. 
Um, he just, you know, I feel like Dover, if he touches his chin, potentially can get him out of there. Potentially. Absolutely. Submission you know wise, I don't it. think Moicano is going to be able to get the submission though either, though. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I really doubt it. And I really don't think that the only type of submissions, if he's on his back, he better be using his legs to create the ability to control Dober, you know, mm-hmm. go for the triangles. That's all great and stuff, but you cannot be going for legs against him and allowing your head to be open there. He's going to punch your head into that canvas. And so you got to be smart about what you go for. But a guy of that height, though, John, you know, it's very difficult to try to lower your level to get a takedown. I don't see Moicano shooting double legs or trying to no. try to finish that. You know, he may press him to the fence or get him close to the fence and try to elevate a single leg. But using his height to his advantage to get the takedown, I, don't think so, I yeah. just don't see him being able to get Drew Dober down and or being able to control him from the top position. Anytime, I don't know if I'm sure you have, just grappling with someone who's a little ball of muscle. No. Got strong legs, strong back, strong arms, and that's exactly what, how Dober is built. Trying to hold people down that are built like that is just it's damn near impossible. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's a, because you have to you have to commit both hands to putting them in a place to hold this guy, but you can't you can't punch him. Yeah, you can't do anything. And so as soon as, soon as you release those hands, they're they're getting up, and it's like ah. So yeah, I agree with you. It's a it's a great matchup, but. I think the fight before it is also it's a fun fight, a great matchup. Randy Brown, Randy Brown, mm-hmm. excuse me, downtown Randy Brown against Muslim Sadilikov. I like the Kung Fu Panda is what I call him because he's a Kung Fu. He's a, he says his style is Kung Fu. Uh, Salikov is just mm-hmm. fun to watch. A lot of spinning attacks, but Randy Brown is six foot three. Yep. He's got great stand up, great movement. He needs to watch the leg kicks from Muslim and make sure that he doesn't absorb too many of those early in the fight. Yeah, he had some problems in one of his fights, I believe. He, was getting, he, got, he started getting kicked in the leg a little bit, started having to switch stances and try to work from that. And he's, he's fast. He's accurate with his strikes. <clears throat> he's so long. It's going to be hard for Salikov to get to him. The spinning attacks will be something he's got to be very careful of because if he leaves himself out of position and overreaching, he could end up getting kicked to the head pretty easily. Even though he's tall, even though he's long, Salikov gets that leg up there. For someone who's not as tall and long as Randy Brown, Salikov is someone whose flexibility is definitely something you got to be cautious of. Those are the guys that you always think to yourself, ah, you'll never get it up there. And next you know, that foot's touching your chin. And people have to keep in mind, when you are watching somebody who is really tall, they tend to get away with things in the gym that translate that don't translate in, into the actual cage. Because what happens is in the gym, they learn how to lean back. They learn how to kind of take their hands away and try to try to lean back away from the combinations. But in a fight, you never know what your opponent can do. Just because you get away with it in a gym, because you spar with them and you've trained with them, you know that they can't get their leg up that high. You know they don't get it there that fast. With head kicks, John, you've, I'm sure you've seen this multiple times. It doesn't have to be fast. No. It just needs no. to get there. It doesn't have to be hard, I should say. It just needs to get there. All you need is the toes to hit you across the chin, and you could be lights out. Well, it's funny. I, I try to equate and tell people all the time to make them realize the difference of being punched or being kicked. And it's like, you know, I always go and try to – it's like ballistics, you know, a 22 is a gun and it hurt, it's going to hurt if you get shot by it, but it doesn't hit you like a 50 caliber and it's all based upon weight. 
okay? Weight makes a difference, and the leg is a heavy instrument, so when it's coming and swinging around, it just carries all of that torque and that weight, creates power, and it puts you out, and it's a, there's a just a big difference in them. How do you see – I see – obviously, we kind of see how Randy Brown gets it done. He stays on the outside, sticks and moves, stays long, thigh kicks, push kicks up the middle, a couple head kicks in there as Salikoff's reaching, you know, trying to keep him loyal to his his defense. and just picks him apart. Hopefully, he gets a clean shot. He's able to knock him out. Whereas Salikoff, he could, he could try to take this fight to the ground in the mixture of trying to land the spinning kicks or the big shots and leg calf kicks and the leg kicks. If he gets started early on the calf kicks, I see the game starting to change um, for Randy Brown. His mobility won't be there. His lateral movement won't be there. His speed if, in which he throws things won't be there. See, and if that if that lead kick to the leg starts to have an effect, Randy Brown's going to start to have problems based upon the style that Salikov brings as far as all those spinning attacks. And he's look, he's fast with them. Yeah, he does. He does a great job of hiding them. Because a lot of times you see a guy starting to blade his body, starting to step around, and you can read it. He does a great job, mm -hmm. and it's fast. It's quick. So not having the ability to use that leg to move his body in and out and around will cause Randy Brown a lot of problems. So he's got to take care of his legs early in the fight. It's going to be a fun fight, though. Like I really feel like yeah. these are this card has a couple fights on here that when I look at it, I'm like, People don't know these guys, or if they don't know these fights, this is this matchups are very interesting because Randy Brow is long, just like Moicano is long, having to deal with Drew Dover being shorter with power, great movement, Salikoff shorter with power, great movement. Very almost two fights that are the same. Yeah, very close. You know, Randy Brown being a guy who when you're looking at it fast, super fast. You know, for the weight class and for what he does, Moicano, fast. You know, they do things a little bit different. Randy does it with a more of, he uses, you know, an angle, and Moicano likes that linear attack, that Muay Thai approach in yeah. the beginning. But both of them, you know, they use their length well. Dober uses his strength and his, you know, his his ability to land big, heavy shots. So does Salikov. Yeah. It's a, I, both of these fights. I'm looking forward to. Mm -hmm. All right, and the first female fight on the card. Ah, uh, you got Vivian Arahu mm -hmm. against Natalia Silva. Well, Arahu is going to have to use her jab, use her speed, and her pressure with her kicks. If she if she uses that jab, that jab is a is a is a game changer for her. She keeps using that, sticking that jab in the face, using the speed. I think she's going to be able to cause some big problems for Silva. You know, she's physically yep. strong physically gifted you just look at her and you go god damn man you know she is athletic she's fast she's just got to believe in herself that's really what i I look at arahu and i go here's a fighter that has everything and we've seen too you know how many of these has everything they need to be really good top notch can fight with anyone but up here yeah, doesn't quite believe. We'll, we'll talk the we'll talk the talk, and but when you see them in the cage, you can see they got some doubt. It's crazy, and right? When you have it, it's weird. It's so weird to see fighters, not just fighters. I swear to see athletes that I've seen athletes at the at the professional level, NFL. I've seen I know a couple athletes oh, yeah. that play in the NBA, and 
they constantly are almost looking for for reassurance that they know what they're doing. And I'm like, like you're in the NBA. Dude, look at where you're at. Like, right. <laughs> I could spend every single hour of my life and I wouldn't be in the fucking NBA. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're just. Not unless we put you on a rack. Yeah, this is very true, by Stretch the way. Stretch you out there, man. Very true. Like, you know, you never know, man. I can shoot the rock. Come on, man. Give me some. Shit. <laughs> I probably can't even get the ball to the, from the three-point line to the actual hoop. It's so damn far away. People don't realize how damn far that shit is. It is far. <laughs> I probably have to run and jump just to get it there like a fucking nine-year-old. Um, But look, Silva, she's got good boxing. She's got to keep her back off the fence. She can't allow Arojo to push her to... uh. To, to the to her back to the fence and she's got to just utilize her kicks use spinning attacks do all these things that will keep her off uh keep a roll off off balance if she doesn't and she just tries to fight a traditional style fight i think that a is just going to back her up with the jab dictate the pace of the fight use her strengths to her as advantage she is so fast and her jab is snaps out there so quick and she hides it really well she hides her power punches really well behind that jab that's going to be a problem from the beginning right from the beginning if she gets started with that jab right away yeah. and the pressure so silver silver definitely the gate if you're going to watch people who you know tend to get into that mind space of her own, they start to pressure her and make her fight off her back foot you want to do that. You want to do it from the start. If you're not putting her on that back foot and she's able to at least stand her ground or move forward, she's gaining confidence in that fight. Next fight. Ah, oh, I can't. <laughs> say it, Dion. Say it. Go ahead. I got, I got the last one because I know his brother is Hizriev. Okay. But Alishkab Hizriev taking on Mahmoud Murodov. That is, you know, you look and you go, you talk about all of the Russians and the Dagestans and everything. Well, here you go, baby. Let's face each other. <laughs> Hizriev is good. Yeah. He is really good. His brother is phenomenal, and so is he. Mm-hmm. So, John, Hizriev, uh, vicious, vicious ground and pound. Yeah. A lot of his shots on the feet, though, tend to be a little bit loopy, could leave himself open to get caught, but. I take a look at his opponent and Marodov and somebody who is wrestling, more wrestling base, a lot of control, will not open yeah. up the punches. He'll look for more control. He reminds me of a very young Habib. You know, so you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of Mamadov. Very similar in ah. the way that he controls the Got fight. It. He wins fights, but it's many times you're looking, you're going, he's not damaging. Mm-hmm. He's controlling the fight. He gets on top. They can't get rid of him. But with Hizriev, Hizriev can get out of there, and he can he can make uh, the fight happen. He can make the, him have to work hard, and uh, th- this is this is a moment for everyone to see a guy in Hizriev. <clears throat> He's good. He's good. His brother's undefeated as well, I believe. Yep. Yep. Both of them. Both of them undefeated. Uh. With Murdoff, though, very control the key will. He's someone that won't unlock his hands. He will try to sag on you, hang on you. He'll throw yeah. one shot, go right back to his grip. Um, the reason why I say a young Habib, because in, a, in the early days of Habib, when he first came to AKA and he first had his first couple fights in the UFC, it was a lot of takedowns, lifts, slams, control, sag you. You know, he would open up a little bit here and there on the feet. He would open up. He had he knew he had to open up on the feet to get the, close the distance. 
to get it on the double legs. He'd sometimes shoot raw dog and he'd get it and he wouldn't get it, but whatever it was. But um, Muradoff reminds me a little bit of that. He, he will drive the double leg. He will try to get the takedown all the way to the bitter end, press you to the fence, lift and slam, scoop you out, all of those things. And I think that um, he's going to have a hard time against Hisriev getting him to the ground. Hisriev's got good takedown defense, but yeah. where he can't, where Muradoff can't afford to be is shooting a double leg or coming up short on the takedown and then pulling to his back. He's got to oh, work no, no, himself no. back up to his feet, yeah. drive, break away without getting hit with big shots because, man, Hisriev is a different level of ground and pound that I've seen in a long time, a long yeah. time. Yeah, give me, give me, you, give me some of your most all-time guys that had some of the most vicious ground and pound. Oh my God, that's King Mo was one of them for me in his younger days. Want, King, King Mo. Mo was very, very good with his ground. Obviously, Mark Coleman was the guy oh, that started it off, but he, you were able to use your head, and he had a giant melon. So you had but the hell out of everyone. But Mark Coleman, you got to give him. He was the guy that was we we uh, named the Godfather of ground and pound because he he used it to such an effect on people but you know there are certain people that have just been dominant in uh, their ability to utilize ground and pound and it's i, I say it all the time I and mean, i've talked to you about it it's a skill set yeah. that is underappreciated it's a skill set that when you're watching people and they're really good at putting big shots on people you know tito ortiz mm -hmm. you got to give him credit if there was one thing he was really good at was ground and pound and he used the cage in a different way at the time to you know cram you in there but he would always bring his head up to the level of your head and use big shots and not get beat on and and just beat the piss out of you and stuff so there, there's been some some great guys fedor know, in the past, fedor was fedor, probably fedor was a month just when he when fedor fought heath herring the the ground and pound that he put on heath herring in that fight was almost criminal. Yeah, he looked like the elephant man when he left the the ring. Oh my god, he, looked he horrible. just I mean, un the but it was Fedor had the ability and it was and this is, you know, where he took what Mark Coleman could do and then kicked it up a notch. Is Fedor would turn his hips. A lot of guys, you know, they don't turn their hips when they're in uh guard on the ground and doing gr ground and pound, you know, that they keep their their hips static and they'll turn their upper body but they're not turning their hips. And Fedor was the one that, man, he would jump to turn his hips to land with more power. And the just the the class that he put on in that Heath Herring fight showed that he was levels above in his ability to hurt people in that position. He, but he got away from it, too. Yeah. You know, it's weird. You look and you go, a guy that was that good with it kind of got away from, you know, from it because... Knocking out people to stand up so much easier. Well, I think a lot of it was is that before he was able to just hip toss people to the ground and getting takedowns as you get older, it just doesn't matter yeah, if it's on the not, feet not or on the ground. It's not as easy. <clears throat> the one takeaway that I, the reason why I think that Fedor is probably the best at the ground and pound situation, obviously Mark Coleman being a different, different generation of headbutts yeah. and all the other stuff. But with Fedor, <clears throat> he was the guy that would hit you straight. He was the guy that loop it around your guard after he'd hit you straight a couple times. He was also a guy when he did stand up, he would hit you straight to the body. And then as you crouched your body into like a crunch position, then he would come around looping shots around on the outside and land big shots. 
He would make you do things to set up his next shot. The other thing, other fighters, when they ground and pound, they do it with one arm. They do it with their yeah. with their dominant arm, right hand. Oh, they yeah. hit with the right hand and kind of either slap with the left or they would not throw it at all. They would just basically fake it like they were going to throw it and then go back to throwing the right hand again. A lot of fighters are just one-sided dominant when it comes to their ground and pound. He was the first fighter I'd ever seen really go aggressive on both sides, being able to ground and pound both sides. And like you said, turning the hip and being so so dominant with it, just so he he would change the outcome of a fight. He would change not outcome, but he would change how the direction of the fight was going. That fighter thought they had a chance on the ground. No chance. His fights against Noguera. Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Noguera thought for sure this fight's on the ground. He's going to hang out here. And I think all of us sitting there going, watching, going, what is he doing? Get out of there. Get out of there. Why is he? Why is he in Noguera's guard? Why? Don't do that. It's Don't dangerous. Do that. Why would you do that He'd to yourself? Beat him to a pulp. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Both times. Yep. <laughs> it was it was brutal. And um I just I look at him as probably being the the number one guy in the ground up pound because he changed the way that it was done. Actually hitting to the body, hitting around the guard, and then trying to split the guard as well. But setting one up to do one thing. I he'd hit straight to the face, then you'd guard up. Then he'd hit you to the gut because you couldn't see it. And then you'd drop your hands and kind of still try to shell up in the front. And then he'd come around the sides. And then you'd open it back up to try to protect your side face. And he'd come right through the middle again and go back to the gut. It was just nasty watching him get it done. And he did it so well, man. It was a pleasure watching him. I miss oh. those days, to be honest. That Pride Days, the Pride Days were the, the best. Uh, Vicentian was another <laughs> guy. Remember uh, Igor Vicentian was another Igor guy. Igor Vicentian? Yeah, yeah, he just, oh. He had some good ground and pound too. He was vicious. He did have good ground and pound. Yeah. You talk about it, you know, a, a guy who was five foot eight. nine, eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tree not, trunk legs, tree trunk, tree, and giant bowling yeah. balls for hands. Yeah. <laughs> his dude, he could swat. He his, was a nice guy. His fucking legs were probably the size of my body, <laughs> and he oh, was yeah. five eight. Dude, for a while, man, he was. He, he you go back and you look at all of the. Three, you know, fights to four fights in a night. Mm -hmm. That guy was in tournaments that had you fighting that much and him winning. Yeah. You know, he fought a guy. I don't know if you remember who Nick Nutter was. No. Nick Nutter was from uh, Ohio State, wrestler, wrestled with Mark Coleman. Okay. And uh, there was a tournament, I believe it was in Israel, and uh, Bochanchin and Nutter ended up in the final. And Nutter was, you know, just out wrestling everyone. And Bochanchin lit him up. With an uppercut and a knee in the first minute, gone, done. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> you look, you go right. If you guys don't know who Vachanchin is, like you basically, what you got to do is just take an idea. Look at Ray Brother Cooper the third. His body style kind of white. Kinda, yeah, make him white <laughs> and give him a little bit. I wouldn't say more athleticism, but a little bit more pep in his step. Whereas you know Ray, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's not as mobile on the feet. Like Vachanchin would. He'd still move a little bit left and right, a little bounce in his step and yeah. let big shots go. Very explosive. Very, very explosive. So yeah. he was give you guys a little much. walk through history right there. That was a history lesson for you guys. Fade Remember him or, against Paul Varland? Yes. That long ago. Paul Varland, San Jose State University football. Paul Varland's all six foot eight, six foot yep. nine of him, man. Yep. Four hundred pounds. Didn't stand a chance <laughs> I felt bad. Small little five eight guy just put in the uh, beating. He was maybe he was probably taller than five eight, was he? No, he was. I never met him, so I don't know. No, I never was, met him. He, I was really surprised when I was like, 
damn. <laughs> You're fighting an heavyweight? What the fuck? Yeah, it's like yeah. Jesus. Yeah, just all you had to do is like skip a meal, dude. <laughs> he was he was thick though. He yeah, had big big leg. Yeah, it's a big power. All right, next fight. All right. We have Gilbert Urbina taking on Charlie Ratke. I'll tell you what, Gilbert Urbina is very talented, fun to watch, makes some mistakes because he's young and stuff. And Charlie Ratke, it's the same thing. These guys match up very well. You know, both have good stand up, both have decent ground games. Mm -hmm. Urbina is a little bit more dynamic, I think, than Ratke in the way he goes about it, but. This is a really fun. This is a good fight. I like this one. Is Urbina the one that came in on like last minute notice for a fight? I don't know if he I did. I thought or not. he came in on a last remember. minute notice against somebody. Who was it? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think against Brian Battle. He came in on last minute notice and he was doing well and then he got tired, I believe. No, I thought it went well. That, the, the fight against Brian Battle was for the. Uh, I want to say that was the for tough. the uh, tough. Yeah, he was in the finals. But against did he make it to the finals, or did he come in as a replacement in the finals? He might have come as a replacement. Got it. That's possible. <clears throat> Got it. I think it was because uh, I'm, I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm mixing him up with somebody else. Anyways, Urbina though aggressive on the feet. He's gonna he really aggressive. Just try not to yep. be too aggressive to where you start slowing down. I think the, his obviously his weakness is his grappling. He's got to be careful, but he's got he's got good power with his straight punches. If he can throw straight punches, get there, get first, I think he's got a good chance of beating Radke. But Radke's a good grappler. He's got decent chokes. Likes to attack the guillotine, can get to the back. He's good kind of all the way around. But And he's also got a higher level of uh, competition. He's fought guys like um, yes. Montavo, no right? About it. He yeah. fought Justin Montavo, who's a pretty good fighter. Um, you know, And I look at uh, Radke as being someone that, if this fight is able to get to the ground, he's got a good chance of beating uh, Urbina. One on the it feet. Was a, Go ahead. Tristan Gore was was supposed to be in the finals against Brian Battle. Got it. And he got hurt. Was it Urbina or Racky that was the substitute? Urbina. Urbina was, Urbina a, substitute. was, okay. was a substitute. Okay. Yeah. Whew. Maybe I don't have as bad a CT as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beanie. It's, keeping it's the beanie. It's keeping it all in there. Yeah, it's it, not man. letting all the uh, the hot air get out. All right, we got Meatball. Mm -hmm. Meatball Molly. Molly McCann taking on Diana Belita. Mm -hmm. Belbita. 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 Look, this is Molly's fight to, to lose. I think Molly all around, just overly aggressive, should just be able to walk her down and put some big shots on her. Belbita, she looks the part, but when she gets in there, very stiff. Not as fast as she could be. Uh, I don't think she can be able to handle the the bulliness of Molly the McCann. Spinning back elbow, spinning back elbows. <laughs> I just think Belbita, like she's got it. She's she's just too stiff. You can see everything coming. It doesn't come out with with uh, relaxation. It comes out very stiff. John, it's like jab, jab, right hand, right hand, jab. It's not, there's not no flow to it. And uh, Molly, she doesn't fight the smartest, but she's always fun no. to watch. That's it is a problem because you take a look with Molly and some of the times she get she ends up putting herself into bad positions off of a mistake. She's got to slow down, mm -hmm. let the fight come. Every time she lets the fight start to unfold in front of her, she does good. Mm -hmm. She, you know, she starts to feel comfortable and all of a sudden she's out there flowing. And that's there's only one way you get spinning backhands and spinning back elbows is knockouts. Because you're flowing in the fight, mm -hmm. and you're having fun. Yep. Yeah. You know, 
And that's what she has to do. This is very true. Because if you let the fight develop, like you were saying in front of you, I think that it's just, it's, you see it as it starts to happen. And you start thinking to yourself, oh, I've seen this position before. Yeah. Just throw it. I've seen oh, it multiple times. Oh, I, I, see what you, I see your setup. I see your yeah. foot. You know, it's all those things that once you have that comfort factor, mm -hmm. the fight becomes way easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John, any other fights on here that you want to chat about? I'm looking right now as I go down the list. I like watching Charles Johnson. Very explosive, very fast. Yeah. You know, good athlete. Good athlete. He's fun to watch. Uh, you know, uh, Zhang Young Lee, very fun as well. Very hittable, though. Blake Builder, very, uh, very talented, very good. I think that Builder is going to be someone that can push Young Lee around the cage because Young Lee is someone that he he's looks, John, when someone looks so technically sound, but defensively, they are not. <laughs> and that's exactly where I see young Lee is that Lee is just someone who he looks great on the feet. Like he looks like if I was to say, hey, this is how I want you to look as a kickboxer or a fighter. I want you to throw this three punch combo with the kick finishing. Here's what here's what I want you to do. That's the guy you go. Yeah, here, show him. Show him. Yeah, <laughs> you bring yeah. your you bring your top talent out, right? To yeah. demonstrate a move. That's him. But then he does get hit a lot. He does get hit with some big shots. He's a very good fighter, very tough to take down. He's fun to watch because he does get hit. He will exchange with, with you. He'll exchange. And Blake Builder being, well, I think he's, what, eight, nine, and one, I believe he is. But uh, definitely a talented fighter, someone who will put a lot of pressure and try and get after it. Click on Blake Builder, though. Who? Let me see if another, let me see his uh, list of fights. His one loss came recently to Kyle Nelson. Whereas Lee is the probably has had the, has fought the better competition, but uh, we're gonna see, man. Builder st still eight and one, nine and one, I think eight one and one. So it should be a should, I think it's gonna end up being a good fight. We'll see what happens. That should be a good one. You also have uh, I think Langdon uh, Quinones going up against Markel Medeiros. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Landon is a guy coming off of the uh, tough series. He's actually got talent. Mm -hmm. The kid can fight. He just has to fight smart and believe in himself. And we'll see if he, he has that. When he was on the show, didn't fight smart. Then he came out. He had a good fight for a little bit. Wasn't able to get the best of it. But Medeiros is a good, is a good quality fighter. It's good competition. But that should actually be a well-contested fight. 7-2-1 and one is Keonis and versus Medeiros yeah. is 8-1. So... Yeah, I mean, they're evenly matched. Evenly matched. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC Vegas. What is it, 85? Five. Yep. 85 UFC from the 85. Apex. And we have a uh, Bellator fight announcement. It's going to happen, Bellator PFL, but it's the Bellator, it'll happen at Bellator in, in Belfast, March 22nd. Belfast. Great fight, man. Corey Anderson versus Carl Moore. Carl Moore, John, big hitter, strong, strong man. Seems like Super a very strong, strong man. Uh, but Corey Anderson just technically all the way around is a very good fighter he's gotten better with his stand-up got better with the kicks obviously i don't have to say anything about his wrestling and how could we forget mr ground and pound ground and pound he's got vicious ground and pound man so how do you yeah, see this fight I, going i i look at this fight and i like carl moore he's he's a good solid fighter tough got power in his hands here but cannot come close to out wrestling Corey Anderson, Corey, and, and this is the difference. 
People can say what they want. When Corey was fighting in the UFC, there came a point where you know, Corey was a wrestler, and you know he was coming off of the tough show. He won the tough. He was a phenomenal wrestler. I mean, and he had a gas tank, and that was the thing that you looked at him. You go, dude, this guy doesn't get tired. And he started getting this whole thing about how oh, you're boring, and he tried to, you know, tried to, you know, appease people and go with, you know, oh, I'm going to stand and knock everyone. His his stand up got way better. But you got to go with what made you. And that's the one thing that I will say with Corey, for the most part, coming back when he went to Bellator, you know, he has gone back to using his wrestling. He wasn't able to get it done in his one loss there against Nemkov where he went, I think, 15, 15 takedown attempts. He didn't get one. Um, and that was after the first fight that he was very successful in getting Nemkov but it ended up as a draw based upon a, a clash of heads with a cut. But the big difference you're going to see here, it, Corey Anderson will wrestle now. He will stand up with him. They can both bang. Carl Moore could put one on his chin that could put him out. But as soon as this fight hits the mat, look out. Carl Moore is in deep trouble. He better get himself back to his feet. Because Corey Anderson is going to ground and pound him. And we're talking about guys that are good at ground and pound. I forgot about Mr. Corey Anderson. He is good at it. John, I look, this is for the vacant lightweight heavyweight championship. And this is going to be five rounds. Ooh. This is not good for Damn Carl my. Moore. No. Be I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Carl, I didn't even notice Carl that. Moore in his last fight was exhausted going into the third round. Yeah, that's because Nemkov vacated the title to go to heavyweight. Yes. <clears throat> so Nemkov vacates. Corey Anderson's fighting for the vacant light heavyweight championship against Carl Moore. Carl Moore looked he looked great in his in his fight, his last fight, in the first round, round and a half. Got exhausted going into the third round. Was nope. so tired, was able to gut it out, but it was and it, that ending was not that fight in the third round you, was not something if to, you recall when he had the fight against uh carl albrexon mm -hmm. they both you know he got tired yeah in the end he got he got it done mm -hmm. but he got tired that was the so. chicago card correct oh no i want to say albrexon he fought i want to say he fought him in uh ireland okay there was another fight wrong. i thought that he had fought him in i thought he had seen one of his fights where was it i thought there was one in chicago His fight against Alex Polizzi was in Chicago. Nemkov Romero, or was that in? Yeah, no, was, that was in Chicago. That was Chicago, right? Yeah, that was the one that I saw, and he was exhausted going into that third round. Now, Polizzi is a like dog. I said, the, the one against Al, uh, Brexit, mm -hmm. that was in uh, Dublin. Dublin. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when I when I see that fight, and Carl Albrechtson is someone who he's tough, man. He's fought over in Dream. He fought in uh, was it Ryzen or Dream? Uh, no, he fought in Ryzen. He fought in Ryzen, and then but then he also came over to Bellator. He's had some great fights, you know, uh, in Bellator as well. He's a dog as well. He's someone. But Alex Polizzi made Carl Moore, um, even though he got work. the win over Alex Polizzi, but he made he made him tired. He made him exhausted, yeah, and work. it just it was a bad look going into this title fight. So when I look at it, I'm like, man, you better fix that cardio because one thing Corey Anderson has outside of his ground and pound is conditioning yeah. for days. Oh, yeah. So he does not get tired. No, he doesn't. 
He will sometimes slow down a little bit, but it's only to get his second win or his third or his fourth. But he'll come he'll come through. Like he's someone that will be pushing the action, especially in that fifth round if he gets to the fifth round. So overall, though, that's a good fight. That's why they call him overtime. Over <laughs> He doesn't mind going into overtime. Uh he's a great guy, man. I really oh, enjoy dude. I really enjoyed working he's with him just, at the desk when we did Bellator events. Phenomenal. He'd come in. He's a phenomenal he's got a great person. personality. He's funny. He can laugh yeah. at himself. He definitely likes to make fun of everybody else. Yes. Yeah, he tried to make fun of me at the desk. I've had to get up and almost, you know, ground a pound on myself. Let him know who the you boss is. You have no is. idea what this 155 pounds will do. I wish I was 155. <laughs> My fat ass. I'm all the way up to like 180 now. Jeez, damn. Woo! Damn, it's heavy. It's heavy. Uh, uh, Dave, you got anything else for us, man? Anything we can maybe wrap on for? But before we move on, you guys go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. I'll be doing a live tomorrow. Doing live. a Q&A. Let's just aim for John and I got some work to do tomorrow during the day. But I will probably aim uh, for sometime in the later afternoon. I would say probably about 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3. Let's say 2 o'clock. All right, sorry. 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock central. central time. 3 o'clock central. 2 o'clock central time. I will aim. To be on our OnlyFans account for a live uh, Q and A. Do you guys have any questions? I'm going to talk quite a bit. Um, let's we can hash some things out. Whatever you guys want to ask me, I'll be available for you guys to ask. Subscribe to us over there tomorrow at two o'clock, which is actually not tomorrow. It's actually today because this show will drop this morning. Uh, this show will drop this morning. It'll be today at two o'clock Central Time. Subscribe to us over there. I will be doing a Q and A on that platform. So hopefully we'll see you guys then. Dave, anything um, else? That's it? That's it. Unless, so the only other story was uh, we were going to put in a separate video was the <clears throat> the Annex stuff with uh, your tweets. Okay. Oh, no. Let's so talk about that. Do you want to put that. that here or do you want to take No, we're going to make that a separate clip. There's a lot to talk no, about. No, let's yeah. talk no, about Dave. that. No, John. You're ruining what we're doing here, John. You're ruining what we're doing. I thought there was another fight announcement that we I had put out onto you uh, um, on the news. No, I searched. Did you? Let me see. Three fight search, yeah. No, on our news, on our news thing. That's yeah, what it, would be, it would be. It would oh, be I'm, here. Would be I, I did. I did get some uh, feedback as far as on uh, on X, as far as people being upset that I said Kayla going to the UFC. Yeah, let's. Was you know what? Good thing. Is that a separate thing you want to talk about? Or you want to talk about that right now? That right now. I'm talking about that right now. Let's let's have that conversation. Did I not say good for her? Did I not say, hey, I understand why she wants to go to the UFC? Mm -hmm. Did I not say it is a good thing for her? Mm -hmm. But did I also say that the best matchups for her, as far as the toughest fights, right now are outside of the UFC? Is that a wrong statement? So yes and no. Okay. Let me just clarify. Like, what? Let me clarify what I said and what you just said is the same thing. We've we said something very similar. Let's start off this. Let's preface this whole thing by saying John and I have said for I don't know how many years. If you are someone in Bellator, you're someone in the UFC, and you guys are looking to leave. Okay, go where the money is. Always. So, I can't knock her if she went for the more money. Now, given my experience and John's overall experience as well, I think. Talking with fighters, talking with hard managers. Hard for me I, to believe. Yes. Now, it's hard for me to believe that she got paid more than she was going to get paid at the PFL. Yes. That being said, and 
not to get paid as much, but also to, to have to cut the extra 10 pounds. So I do believe that she will get paid more if, and I think this is the only reason why she left is that Amanda Nunes is coming back because that is the fight. There's no other fight that you, but hold on at this moment. Yes. Where's Amanda Nunes retired. Boom. But John, but this is my thing is I really believe that that is the fight. Why would she fight Chris Cyborg? And I'm not knocking Chris at all. When I could fight the person who beat Chris Cyborg and say that I am the best female that's, that's walked face the earth. I know she's lost to Larissa Pacheco, but you know what? Amanda's got losses. Cyborg's got losses. Cable's chalk it up as look, she's beat Larissa twice. The third time it didn't go her way. Uh, I wasn't as motivated, whatever it is. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, I, she deserves that. Two-time Olympic gold medalist in judo. She's a professional to the core. I'm going to give Kayla Harrison the benefit of the doubt. I think her going to fight Holly Holm, it makes perfect sense. It's a very, it's a very winnable fight. I'm not throwing you to the wolves. I'm also giving you somebody. I'm fighting. I'm having you fight on the biggest card of the year, if not the biggest card in the last six, seven years. You know, since UFC 200, I'm giving you that opportunity to build your name and have a great performance and. But all I'm asking you to do is to make 135. I'm not going to pay you. All, I, John, all I'm, I'm not, asking I'm you not, to do? They've got rid of that division. Now, that's why I'm trying to point this out. I believe that she would have never have left if the opportunity to fight Amanda Nunes wasn't there. Because she can put all the naysayers to rest if she beats Holly Holm. And then she says, I came to fight Amanda because Amanda's saying that she's going to come back. Or there was talk that Amanda was going to come back, and that's the deal that I signed for. I signed to fight Amanda Nunes, who beat Chris Cyborg. It all makes sense. Okay, but um, how is she going to perform at 135 pounds? Is it going to be what beats her? Not the opponent, but the actual weight cut. Is it going to be that she goes out there and in two minutes... All of a sudden, she can't move. She's got no energy. She can't hardly pick up her arms. Her legs feel like lead, all based upon her body is so depleted that she cannot perform at 135 pounds. And I'm not saying, you know, well, it's going to be 136 is what she'll weigh in at, but hopefully. It's already come out. Holly Holmes is already talking about it. Hey, be professional. You signed the contract. Yep. I expect you to make the way. And, and here's my biggest problem with it. Time-wise, I think you're the one that said, I think she's she's looked at this and kind of, you know, jumped everybody on this and has been working at it. And you could see that after the picture with her and Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. You could kind of see she was looking slimmer as she was not even getting ready for a fight, supposedly. And so she obviously jumped on it right away. But we've never seen her fight anywhere near 145. And 10 pounds can be a huge difference. When you reach that point, you reach that point that is your breaking point. Man, to get past it is just murder five six and pounds I, I, can be a breaking point john oh five, dude two pounds yeah. can be a breaking point 
you know, and that's where I'm, you know, I've, I've seen her fight at the one for 146 pounds. I've seen it. Okay. I know she can do it. 135, man, dude, I, I just worry about the weight and I, and I could be totally off, totally off. But what I'm saying with this is I totally understand why Kayla would want to say, I'm going to the UFC. I, I want to fight, especially if she knows a man is coming yep. back. And especially if she's been told, hey, if Amanda comes back, you get her. Okay? I totally understand it. It makes sense. Okay? But the 135 pounds, I'm not too sure makes sense. And I just worry. I worry about her health. No, I agree. I would agree. I would agree with you on that aspect. Look, I just don't want... I, I wanted to address this conversation because I think people thought, oh, you guys are such... You guys are so biased. You guys continue to talk about the the Bellator. Like, what if they did this? And that? look, my point was, I wish her nothing but the best. I also look at it. I also look at it from a fighter's perspective. I look at it from a promoter's perspective. I look at it from all different angles. Whereas fans, they just look at it from their perspective, yeah. from your arm, from your couch. That's where you look at it, and that's where you see fights. You see fights, whereas I know fights. I'm not trying to take a jab at our fans and listeners. I'm not doing that. What I'm simply saying is I've weighed this whole thing out multiple times in my head. Why would she leave knowing what we know? Okay. I'm not just speaking out my ass. I know what she was offered to stay, you know, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm not making shit up. Like I'm really just telling you, I know what she was offered to stay. And I, I don't believe that the UFC beat that or matched it. I think that they came in a little lower to fight Holly Holm. Now, I think they came in a lot higher, not a lot. I shouldn't say a lot, but they came in no. enough for her to fight Amanda Nunes. I think Amanda has made it clear that she's kind of, she's, um, she's, um, dating or not dating, but she's flirting with the issue. She's with She's flirting, <laughs> not dating, but she's flirting with she's the idea of with coming the back. Idea. Of coming back. And if that, but okay, all right, all right, but hold on. So if you're Amanda Nunes and you come back, mm -hmm. who are you fighting? You're fighting Kayla Harrison. That's the biggest fight. Bullshit. 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 How are you not fighting Raquel Pennington? How are you not going and saying, oh, no, no, no. I'm getting the belt back. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, though. I, I, okay. I think what you do is you have Kayla fight Raquel then for the title. I, I think there's going to be some time in there. I, I, don't, I don't know how that all – like, that's the other thing is I don't know how this all pans out. Where's Juliana Pena? She's not in the mix right now. I, I honestly believe they're going to give her the shaft. You think so? I think they're going to give her the shaft. Wow. Yeah, I, I think right. I I think right now they're going to give her the shaft. I think that she's injured. I don't know when. I don't know if they know when she's going to be back. Don't, but let, hold on. Let me ask you this: Do you not think? Do you not think that Juliana Pena actually throws some fire? into that division with her talk and the way she I oh absolutely you know, spouse I think off. I but I also think right now that they're they would rather have um, Kayla fight Amanda than have Juliana oh, fight I'm Amanda. Not, I agree okay? I agree with you. No so doubt about it. The best thing that we can do for Kayla Harrison is she's got to get past Holly. And we keep talking like is this that's just a, a gimme. I'm sorry, but realistically we saw and I, 135, and I know I'm it was years ago it. at one thirty five we don't know which Kayla Harrison we're going to get. That's one. Two is Holly may be slowing down, but she is leaps and bounds, a better kickboxer and a better boxer than Kayla Harrison. Oh, yeah. And not to mention she was able to turn 
Cyborg to the fence and pressure her to the fence. She has made adjustments, Holly Holm has, and how she approaches her fight game. She pushes you to the fence. She knees and elbows. She tries to fight you in the clinch. She makes it a little grimy. And you know, and she does break away. She breaks away with a jab in the face or touches you, whatever it is, or a kick to the head so you stay loyal so you can't take her down. She knows exactly how to fight. One thing that Holly Holm is, her fight IQ is probably the best in the game, especially when she was younger and able to utilize all of her tools. So this is going to be a dangerous, dangerous fight for Kayla Harrison just because of the feet aspect and the speed maybe not there anymore, but the mobility, the lateral movement, the fight IQ of Holly Holm is going to give Kayla some problems, especially as the fight goes on and she gets a little tired. She's going to get tired at 135. <laughs> just worry about that. That weight is so... We're talking about, you know, just think about this. How many times have you seen great fighters mm -hmm. go down in weight and it kills them? Every single time. Almost every single time. This is a, this is from her norm. Mm -hmm. It's a two weight class drop. Yeah. And again, now I'm not saying she has fought once in Invicta at 145. I thought it was twice. Was I thought she had 145 pound, one 145 pound fight in the PFL also just one time. Did she? I believe so. I believe was that so. the one against Aspen Ladd? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that was at 55. I thought it was like probably like a year ago. There was one there in between one of her contract negotiations. I believe she came back and fought one fight at 145. Uh, Dave, look that up real quick. Yeah. Let, me, let me see uh, Kayla Harrison's. I don't know. I'm not too sure. I know she had the one in uh, Invicta. And then I would have thought possibly the one against Aspen Ladd. Mm. Hold on. There's Invicta right there, Courtney King. Okay, but where's yeah. another one? Is there not another one? <clears throat> Hold on. No, no, no. no. It's Those were all right there. Let's see. Uh, see, that's PFL. All PFL except the Invicta one. Let me see the uh, – <clears throat> I don't know if you can. Open up this Aspen Ladd fight. See, what, see if it shows what weight it was at. Yeah, it, it will. Once again, here I think it's forty-five. If it's forty-five, then that's okay. the second time. Okay, she's fought. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, where is it? Uh, Catch weight. Fifty. Fifty at one fifty. See, hmm. I don't think so. Catch weight at one fifty. <laughs> Catch weight at one fifty. So I've had some people that have reached out to me after they heard our show last week, and they said that they that Kayla Harrison was at the UFC uh, PI. And she did a couple test runs at 135. Now I don't know if that she, meant she got to 35 or if she got she's already within. done it, or they did a nope. test on her to say, "Can you get there?" Yeah, I think they did a test on her, or she's they, she did a couple test runs. That's all I was told. She did a couple test runs at the UFC Performance Institute, um, to see if I didn't. They didn't say whether to see if she could get to 35 or to see if she could get close to 35. I didn't get the no. specifics, but see, I, I would I. I know how they work there and they do a great job, but what they'll do is they'll do a body analysis mm. to say, Hey, can you physically get to this weight? Mm. You know? And so if they, you know, they looked and they put it all together and said, yeah, you can, you're going to have to lose. And they're going to give her, you're going to have to lose this, this much percentage of fat, this much percentage of body muscle, all these things. So she'll know exactly where she's at. Yeah, but I mean, they could have done that shit with Roy Nelson. He should have been a one seventy pounder. 
Dude, Roy could have been a 185er, man. Ah, oh, shit. He didn't want to be. Yeah. He didn't want to be, man. It's a, look, it's it's a very interesting conversation, but when I look at the Holly Holm fight and the Kayla Harrison fight, Holly brings uh, something to the table that will give Kayla problems, and Kayla brings something to the table that will give Holly problems. Now let's go on beyond that fight. Does Kayla Harrison get an automatic title shot? I believe that she would. I think that she would might. put her, that's what would give her that's what would give her the reason to go because now she's making title money. You fight for the title, you'll get a little bonus and you know up, and plus you get all the name recognition of being maybe for the main event. I wouldn't. I don't know if they would do that um, against Raquel Pennington. Maybe a co, obviously a co-main event. Um, but uh, especially after the last uh, fight with Raquel Pennington, so I think they're going to put them in an automatic, you know, um, in an automatic like co-main event situation. That happening though. Uh, you, you're fighting for the title. You're making championship money, and then if you win the title, you're making even more championship money. There's a there's a clause in there. You get a bigger percentage, or you get a yeah. bigger you get pay per view numbers, whatever it is. And well, I think that the last the last thing I want to say is this, Kayla. If you wanted to go there, I'm so happy for you. Absolutely, congratulations. You know, people think that it, we're, I'm upset about it. It's no. like, what are you nuts? I, anything that makes her happy is great. I I just I'm being honest, the way things got me. I'm worried about it. Yeah, because look, and Pierre was like, well, who's she going to fight over in, in PFL or Bellator? And I'm like, look, not only does she have Cyborg, she got Arlene Blanco. She's a, got Sinead Kavanaugh. She's got Leah McCourt. She, I mean, she's got Katz and Ganu. Those are names to fight, you know? And there's some others that are in there as well that I probably just forgot off the top of my head. But those four or five fighters right there. Sarah McMahon. And that's exactly. I think Sarah retired. She might have. So, but those those fighters that are there right now, that's at least another two years of fights at what they were willing to pay you. That's one. And two is you're not having to lose that extra 10 pounds. So, like I said, I believe that the Amanda fight was presented. I believe that after the Holly Holm fight, and if she yeah, does get I, a win, there's a title shot on the line right there. I could see where the UFC has already had communications with Amanda and they know she's coming back. And they said, look, this is what we'll do. Well, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, because what better story to sell? Your former training partner left the gym because there was potential you guys may fight because they were in negotiations before. There was potential there may be a fight, and it makes sense. The UFC is known for trying to get their friends to fight each other. <laughs> There's no, they're just known for it. So yeah, what better way to put together, you know, a UFC 24-7, whatever, fight camp, whatever, however they do it. It makes sense. For them to try to do something like that, it's a. I think it's a big name. It's a big time fight too. If you put it together, no, it's I. Absolutely a big time fight. It's one that I would I would definitely be uh, looking forward to. So absolutely, but like, but you, if it was a if but if it was Amanda against Kayla, I'd want it to be at featherweight. Yeah. Well, look, we're gonna wrap this all up though. But the last thing we're gonna say is Kayla. As long as you're happy, which I believe you are, that's all that matters. And we That's wish it. you nothing but the best because we're big fans. And she knows that after, you know, yeah. we kind of had said some stuff about her on the podcast a long time. She yelled at us and then came on the show. We're very thankful <laughs> for that. She's she's amazing, man. She's so fun to chat with. She likes to take jabs she's, at you. She dishes it and she can take it. Absolutely yep. love being around her. Actually, just a, a great athlete. So go to wayandammerch.com. Uh, pick up some of our hoodies and our sweaters and our, and our hats and beanies and all the things that are available there. Uh, check it out at weighinginmerch.com. Subscribe to us over at 
OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. I will be doing a live later today at 2 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you guys don't miss it. Don't miss it because if you do, you're going to wish you did. We will see you.